Welcome back to the Drew and Trudy show. Today we have a special guest to talk about all things video games and whatever else comes on our minds. We're back after a long hiatus, so let's get started. Cue music. for coming back everybody hope you had a good weekend we are going to talk about video games today and i think we're just going to start off the discussion here and kind of go over we want to with this but video game nostalgia you know what we grew up playing um you know some of the most memorable moments we've had in video game history and you know making friends and all that good stuff so well, Spencer and I have a, a shared history in video games because we grew up across the street. So many hours have been spent at his house doing all sorts of craziness. Lots of Halo Reach. Lots of tomfoolery, and for sure. Halo is a favorite of ours. Halo Reach, I mean, that was like, that's probably the biggest nostalgia I like for playing with friends because... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's... The ability to, like, you have the regular first-person shooter, like, haha, I'm going to shoot you. Look at how bad you are and good I am. But also, you got to, like, build shit, which was fantastic. So you could, like, uh, you could really, you can make, like, the, the mongol and stuff that we used to do. Yes, mongol. <laughs> all right, we got to explain the rules for that. All right, all right so yeah. we would go, all right, so some context. We would go into Halo, for, Halo Reach, the Forge mode, where you can just, like, play stuff all over, like, buildings and weapons and vehicles. And it was on the, I guess the Halo, like the ring map, like the big one. And if you go way in the back where there's this little hangar in the side of a mountain that's like on top of a, a huge drop and there's like rocks and the ocean at the bottom, we would put walls at the bottom and make a giant platform and put mongooses on top. So you would have to drive a mongoose out of the hangar, hope you survive the fall. And then on the platform, it was a death match. So once you fell and survived, you had to fight the guy on the bottom, and it would just go on forever. So we've actually had lots of arguments about this. I never think we had the, um, the official rule set made. But initially, my idea was that we're supposed to try to jump out of the Mongoose Blast engine at the last second, because, you know, Halo Reach's physics engine was not the best thing. So if you did get out at the right moment, your velocity would be like nothing, and you would take no fall damage. Uh, so I think... Charles, the purist, thinks that you, yes. should, you, didn't, you were not allowed to jump out while, while I would always try to time perfectly to take no damage. Yeah, like if you jump out early, it just takes away the spirit of the game. It's just sort of like <laughs> you have a 50% chance of exploding. <laughs> but if you live, then you have the gift of fighting whoever else is there. And if you somehow beat that person, then you could just get to wait for the next person to come kill you. So in the spirit of Mongwall and the constant fatalities, me, the purist, says that you should not jump out early. I, I will say, now that I'm older and can look back on it, I, I appreciate how your view adds more chaos. I, can, I, I understand your view better than I have. I, I would not go as far to say that is the correct way. I respect I that. 
that whole situation sounds like the Greek myth where the guy's punished by the gods to like roll <laughs> the, the boulder up the hill and he, he gets up to the top of the hill every time and it falls back down. <laughs> it's gotta be frustrating at times. All in the spirit of good fun though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There were some rage moments. Although I think the most iconic moment, whenever I think of Halo, I think of this one moment. So me, Spencer, and Miles were all playing on the Forge map together. Remember, Miles, he was on the show for a soccer episode. And he was flying a Banshee. A Banshee is just, it's like a plane. So it's like a tiny one-person plane. And he was just zooming around. And Spencer was really far away. And I, I had just died, so I was waiting to respawn because Spencer killed me like he always does. And I see Spencer's screen, and he has the sniper rifle out. I see him scope in, <laughs> and then he scopes again because it, it zooms in twice. And he's not saying a word. He's like really quiet. And Miles just like have it all the time. And the Banshee just having fun doing flips and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Spencer, I'm coming for you. Not knowing where Spencer is. <laughs> and Spencer from across the map takes one shot. <laughs> and Miles' body falls out of the Banshee. <laughs> oh and he God. was just... He was shocked into silence. He had no idea what happened. <laughs> but he, he was dead. <laughs> I've never forgotten. Do you have a video of this? We don't. We were probably, I wish. I was probably 10 or 11 years old or whatever when this happened. It was a long time ago. It's being ingrained in your memory now. Forever. Yes. The detail on the hitboxes surprised me. I, I had not even realized that that was possible. One shot. One kill. One kill. <laughs> the announcer for that is, is one of the best things about Halo Reach, too. Kill Manjaro. <laughs> kill Tacular. Vehicular manslaughter. Sniper <laughs> spree. Betrayal. Kill Tacular. They were just. It was so iconic. I still listen to those occasionally. I wish that they had made <laughs> the uh, more of a lasting Oh man, I haven't seen one of those in a while. Yeah, I guess the Call of Duty ones are more popular now. Mm -hmm. uh, but one game that we all had in common was Animal Crossing on the Wii. Yeah. And Drew has a really funny story about making his brother mad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, why don't you, you tell us that story? Good. Yeah, so I happened to be at his house for this. Actually, I might have been a bad influence and inspired him to do this, but go ahead and describe what happened. So we both had a world, and he had his side of the world, I had the other, and we were I think we were working on some sort of city. Is that right? In yeah, Animal Crossing? No, yeah. your town was just really ugly. That's all right. Oh, okay. You <laughs> cut down all the trees and you yeah, just had carpet everywhere. There was carpet everywhere. We cut down all the trees because I was an anti-environmentalist at the time. And yeah, it was the ugliest possible situation you could have in Animal Crossing, basically. And just like, I was extremely rude to all my neighbors and they just hated me <laughs> the core. And, and my brother had his house or whatever and he was holding up the fort a little bit there. And I think, well, was this the, the time that I accidentally deleted the world? No, you purposefully deleted the city. Oh, okay. I Grace and I were, 
yeah, laughing at you. It's like, haha, you named your town Buttville. That's so lame. <laughs> and then Grace kept teasing you, like, your town is so ugly. You cut down all the trees. And he had this design from the Able Sisters of just Tom Nook's face. <laughs> and he put it on a carpet and he put it on every single ground tile in the city. Better than me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you guys just made fun of it. I, I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm going to delete this without consulting my brother. <laughs> I when he found out. And like, right when Drew had deleted it, like, not even five minutes after he had done it and he was starting a new town sam comes down the stairs it's like what what happened <laughs> i heard all the commotion and then a lot more commotion ensued obviously and you know i was you know i was like all right but bill it wasn't a good name how about how about we call the next one two bill so that was the next name uh obsession with the bathroom humor right and it was significantly better i think i was confused with the other story not in the wii it was years later and we were playing on the computer and we were making like the city of sorts and it was the one that had like uh chudy's fine dining and like google's diner and stupid sam's ugly subs or ugly sam's stupid subs and we were all like you know making this nice little city and i accidentally we were arguing about something we were like covering over the keyboard i accidentally deleted i pressed the wrong thing deleted the world no and no was so bad yeah I, I mean i was mad too because i put a lot of work into that but yeah fun times with, with uh minecraft and animal crossing yeah that that was excuse me that was minecraft not animal crossing i remember um one time my brother and i got to uh the cabin with our um the cabin that my grandparents owned with my parents and my grandparents. And one time my mom sort of like confiscated my DS and she'd like, she was just playing it all the time. And I was like, wow, I did not realize my mom was such like a gamer, you know? <laughs> wow, my mom's a gamer. So then later, uh, much later, I realized that my mom had by accidentally deleted my uh, Animal Crossing world and was trying <laughs> to get back to where it was. <laughs> so that she had just been grinding better. out. <laughs> Grinding out Animal Crossings in the middle of the woods, trying to keep me from realizing how much you deleted it. <laughs> That's motherly love. My mom would not do that. She'd be like, oops, I accidentally deleted your world. <laughs> <laughs> your mom spent your quarter collection, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's another story. But yeah, basically, to uh, she, ne she needed cash for something. And uh, my state quarters collection was right there. <laughs> So that's that's where that went. Never to be seen again, unfortunately. Um, How old I've, were you? Not very old. I was sm I was young enough to be really really upset about it. Oh, yeah, I would be too. Yeah, that was too bad. Yeah, I had a Wii for a while. I got it when I was like eight or nine. I was still living in Highland Lakes in the suburbs of Birmingham, Alabama. And yeah, we had that for a good little while. And we played, of course, Animal Crossing. And we also played, you know, Chudy and Grace also played Madden 09 and Mario Kart and Wii Sports Resort, Mario and Sonic, the Winter Olympic Games. Like, we really got into those games and had a lot of fun together. There was a golden age of Wii games, Mario Kart Wii, the Wii Sports Resort, and Animal Crossing. 
Like that was the golden generation of Nintendo for me. <clears throat> Even with the Switch around now, like a lot of their featured games are really hit or miss. Mm. Like Breath of the Wild is <laughs> the shining star. It's one of the top three best games I've ever played. And Mario Odyssey was good. I played and beat the story, and got, but I didn't like grind for all the moons. That was too much because there's like 700 of them. Oh. <laughs> and um, what's another one? Oh, like the Mario Rabbids game was, I heard that was kind of lame. And then I've been really disappointed with Smash Bros. Really? Yeah. I like it. Because, like, the online sucks. It's unplayable. Oh, okay. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. My experience with Smash Bros. has mostly been, like, when I met, when I was in high school, somebody would have their Switch out and everybody would gather around and play yeah, exactly. One guy with King K. Rule just wrecking it up, and you'd never yeah. be that guy. It, yep. it, was, it was good. It was fun. That's it's good. fun when, like, you have friends around, but, like, by yourself, it's a terrible single-player game. Yeah. Oh, is. holy shit. I've, I've played the campaign. I am not glad that i played the campaign that's not it something to be proud of huh it is one bad fight after the like one easy fight after the other for like five like it is it's probably 10 hours worth of gameplay and it should really be like three and like the worst part is that you get to the end and then you unlock another world and you're and and instead of being like oh boy there's four it's just a sinking feeling of oh god there's <laughs> more <laughs> Oh, but I I did it. But I did it. I'm sorry you put yourself through that. Oh, yeah. Like in my high school, we would during homeroom my junior and senior year. Like, come a couple of my friends are really into it, and they bring their switch and they would project it on the power, like giant PowerPoint slide screen, and we'd (laughs) we'd watch it and and play together and. Like during homeroom, we're kind of eating on our lunch a little bit. That was a lot of fun. Like, I probably went too many times instead of doing my homework, but I, I did my homework at other times during school, so it was okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of yelling, and sometimes we've had tournaments, and people get really into it. I think with tournaments is that there's always one or two players that are just like multiple standard deviations better than everybody else. <laughs> So it's just an hour's long slog to the inevitable conclusion that these two players will meet in the finals. Yeah. I remember when I, um, when I first got into college, uh, trying to like meet people cause I didn't know anybody yet. And, um, you know, you, you want to make friends fast so you can start feeling like not alone. Um, so I went to one of the, uh, there was like a smash, uh, smash tournament and, like the first two rounds, I'm like toe to toe with these people. I'm like, all right, maybe I have a chance. And I get to the third one. And the idea is you play three rap, like three fights against the person. It's it's best of three, or uh, best of five, I think. Um, so I play the first one, and then I look over to the guy and I say, okay, I'm gonna play characters for fun now, and you're gonna crush me, and that's fine. <laughs> I just, it was just so world, and there was no way I was going to be able to. Uh, to come back from it. I have a really good friend named Kirby and I was roommates with him my junior year of college and he was really, really good at Smash because he would play all the time and he would like practice like by himself and enter tournaments. Like he was really good. So sometimes we would play against each other. He was a Pokemon trainer main 
So he basically mastered three characters and there was, there was like a, a couple days. We probably played 50 games against each other and I beat him exactly one time, <laughs> but I was just getting absolutely crushed and it, it felt bad. It made me just not want to play. It's like, gosh, like, like what am I even doing? <laughs> and the one time I beat him, I was playing as Ken, the Street Fighter character. What they ask? Oh and yeah. I had no idea what I was doing the whole time. <laughs> I was just running around trying not to die, and he didn't even kill himself or make any drastic mistakes. I just somehow eked out a victory. Victory. It's like a 15 seed winning an NCAA tournament. Like sometimes it just happens, <laughs> and I will cherish that moment for the rest of my life. But other than that, the characters I actually like to play. Um, Ganondorf. Pretty much just Ganondorf. Yeah. I liked um, the me sword fighter, I think. And then the the villager. And, oh, so the guy who can shoot rockets at people, laser, laser missiles. Who's that? Samus? Snake. Snake, yeah. So oh, snake. I would play my it's freshman snake. year of college. I would play with my friend, one of my sweet mates, and it'd be the four of us usually. And they would get irate with me because there's a couple maps where you just kind of sit in the corner, just like watch missiles. <laughs> <laughs> missiles are coming in again and again, and they'd be like, "All right, you cannot play that," <laughs> and they would get so mad. Drew did that to me also, and I got irate <laughs> also. Oh God! It, it's really bad. It's really good too because even if you dodge some of it, if you're high enough up, you have enough time to just like look back around and <laughs> continue and also juggling. The other Animal Crossing character, Isabel. You can oh, that bury, darn fishing rod! You can, bury, <laughs> <laughs> you can bury bombs, and then people come, or is it the villagers? One of those characters, and then when they walk over, they explode. <laughs> it would get so bad when it did that. Just plant them everywhere. I, I'm always just going to be the uh, the villager main because the tree is such a fun move. It's <laughs> like, so cool. The, I'm just mesmerized the, by good villager play. <laughs> <laughs> when you land that tree on somebody, it is it is I, I I can't describe the feeling. Just the amount of flexing you feel like you're doing. It's insane. Of course, what's really fun though is when if you have two villagers or Isabel has this ability too, so it could be a villager and Isabel. Villagers can pick up projectiles that are launched from, and the tree does count as a projectile. So you can pick up the tree mid, like mid fall, and then throw that out and drop it on them at any time. <laughs> that is really cool. I'm glad you told me about that interaction because now I want to do that. You could do it to Kirby and get your second victory. Oh yeah, he would not see that. Guy. I was like, hey Kirby, pick villager. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a villager mirror, and then I'll have the the key, the victory that he doesn't know about. That'll be good. Yeah, I really enjoyed you know back in the old days Wii Sports Resort, and you know I play with you guys sometimes and my brother. You know various games like bowling or golf or whatever it was. Uh, fencing was a lot of fun, but. During, you know, when it was just me playing, I would do, you can fly the airplane, 
and I'd like crash into buildings and like find <laughs> a tunnel, be a terrorist basically. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> My dad really liked the dogfight. Like he's a total non-gamer, but for some reason he would always want to play the dogfight with us. Yeah, that was where you shoot at the balloons. The, yeah. <laughs> And then when we would play the sword fighting, Grace, my sister, would just like shake the Wii remote around like a maniac the whole time. Like no finesse, no strategy, just trying to win with sheer brute force. Very <laughs> unlike her. When we first were doing that, now it's actually like trying to be civil. Yeah, I, she kept my butt a few times. And I was like, wait, I can just hold the block button. <laughs> <laughs> and that fixed things. <laughs> that helped a lot yeah i think we now that i think about it like your controller you're like moving around a lot more than you would with an xbox controller or nintendo yeah. it made the game more interactive yeah mm. yeah not just sitting there meshing buttons yeah although you know if you're a russian like call of duty or fifa player there will be a lot of remote throwing here <laughs> no the stereotype about russians is uh counter-strike and dota yeah. <laughs> that's like the the really serious Russian gamers that's where they are they're hilarious like people like you know when um, Ross was telling us Drew about how he'd broken a headset in Rocket League yeah like I've never broken a piece of equipment before because of a video game I get mad I rage a lot like I'm not a scream or anything I just get like really tilted but I'm not like a throw stuff, break stuff, scream yeah, at stuff gamer. It. I've thrown my controller a couple times, but I threw it into a beanbag, so it did absolutely no damage. I think it was mostly in FIFA. Yeah, FIFA Online is hardcore. I know Miles complains a lot about FIFA <laughs> Online. Do you ever hear about that, Spencer? No, I don't. I hear he tries to show me some of the stuff sometimes, and I'm like, oh, wow, look, that card's like gold, like off color gold. That must be good. It's like, no, that's. <laughs> I'm like, oh. It, it, I, I don't get it. I never played FIFA. I think it's just because, like, um, it's a complicated enough game that you do kind of need to feel motivated to maybe get into it. And since I was never into soccer, I didn't feel that motivation. Um, I. Yeah, I, I wish I had gotten into it because it, in the end, really, any game that you can play where you have people around you playing it is inevitably going to be fun. Um, so I, I really wish I had tried to give it more of a chance when I was uh, younger and there were more people around me playing it. Yeah, FIFA is so fun to play with your friends. And I play with friends here at, in Blacksburg, and I'm way better than them, but I just mess around. So I just do, like, dribble moves and, like, get red cards, shoot from really far away. Like, I don't actually try and because I could win like 10-0 if I wanted to, but that's not any fun. And I'll like give them penalty kicks and stuff. I'll jack up the sliders and we'll just be shooting lasers from like midfield. <laughs> Sometimes I like to, I'll just be messing around either the CPU or one of my friends. And instead of trying to score goals, we're trying to get to five red cards first. <laughs> it's very <laughs> rough. <laughs> well, you have to have an incentive to actually like score also. So when I do that with people, it's first to three goals or five red cards. And then you yeah. win. Or lose. <laughs> they go on a, <laughs> <the rules. laughs> 
<laughs> I wish that the so you know when you get five red cards in FIFA, you automatically forfeit. I wish they would let you just keep going and get red cards. Yeah, until you're down to zero, man. If you could just make them like a third of a point and and play regular game. Yeah, the worst thing is when your goalie gets a red card. I've had that happen to me before. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Does it? Uh, okay, go on. Sorry. Yeah, and then I was also playing football manager, and you know any good football manager who min maxes and optimizes every single aspect of their team meticulously for hours on end. By mathematics, they would know that it is way better to not have a goalie on your bench in the game. So you just go out there with your one goalie, and if he dies or gets a red card, then that's on you. You just don't have a goalie anymore. So, of course, my goalie gets a season-ending injury. And being the frugal uh, football manager that I am, I did not have enough money to sign a backup goalie so I spent it all on a striker. So that really uh, put a dent in our long-term plans. I mean, like in real life, Pac, like Wolves goalkeeper Rui Patricio almost died. Another terrible head injury for a team. Yeah, well, that's, okay. a, that's more serious. Glad he's okay. The real-life comparison is Arsenal spending tons of money on forwards when they should be spending it on defenders. <laughs> Although my Arsenal fan friend I was around yesterday told me that they're getting better in that area, so good for them. Quote-unquote, getting better. Yeah, they're, they're still mid-table. That's not so good for them. But so are Wolves. Yeah, I'd like to... Yeah, the Wolves are terrible too. But let's bring the charade around to strategy games. Because that's a genre that we all have some experience in. It doesn't have to be video games. You can have to talk about board games, card games, the like. If you consider Minecraft a strategy game, go for it. Yes. So Spencer and I, we, uh, we like to play Age of Empires 2. We're both pretty bad. Yes. Um, if we play it against you know, actual real players who like the game, we'll get crushed. But it is one of our favorite late night traditions to, you know, you kind of just blink and two hours are gone in Age of Empires 2 because you're oh, so absolutely. concerned about like micromanaging your entire, like all your villagers and your soldiers. Is that the absolutely. game we played over the summer and Sam and I faced off? No, that was Civilization. Oh, okay. So Age of Empires is a real-time strategy game, so it's like there's no turns. Like, everyone's just doing their stuff at the same time. Yeah. So you're, like, making villagers and buildings and raising armies, and you're trying to obliterate your opposition. Um, there's also alternate win conditions. So there's, like, holy relics hidden around the map. So if you get a monk to pick them all up, and your team has all the relics, then you win. So that's really lame, like when the AI picks up all the relics. And I was like, oh gosh, now I need to raise a giant army and get at least one of them back. <laughs> it's it's also just such an um, uh, engaging game, I would say, because there's like it doesn't do anything for you. Um, anything you want anybody to do, you have to explicitly tell them to do. Um, it's honestly surprising that it allows you to set, uh, to set villagers to auto-mine stuff, because that, that, that's as far as you get. Um, so you're constantly just going around the map trying to say, oh, wait, wait, no, 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 you need to come over here. 
and you need to do that and you need to stop standing there. Yeah. I really like RTS games though, because they're so engaging. Like you don't necessarily have to be like super laser focused necessarily, but you have to like be paying attention to everything. So it's very stimulating. It's like a brain training thing. Like there's always something that you should be doing to improve your chances of winning. Like making more army guys or more villagers. But it's also like very fluid because like some like turn-based games can be really, really fun. But if you like get behind or whatever, it sometimes it can be slow. Mm. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. It would Sorry, be a longer term for me. Like during the summer when we were playing Civilization, and Sam would like go downstairs and make a sandwich. I'd be done like the next minute. I'm <laughs> just waiting on him to get back. Like the- <laughs> yeah, pretty when you're much. On, when you're on turn seventy of a Civ game and you have like one city left and everybody else is just that there's no way to make the situation fun again except just like kamikaze your troops but only then you only have so many troops right and it's <laughs> it can be a grind yeah spencer and i played a game of civ 5 one time online and we spawned next to each other even though there was like eight players in the game including ais and i just kind of just killed him and i remember i raised an army and you're like what hey charles what's that army for it's like, oh, don't worry about it. We're friends. And then I just silently obliterated his cities one by one. It's like, all right, that's enough. But that's one thing that's not great about playing Civ with your friends. Because, like, once you kind of recognize when a player is just done, like, they're so far behind or they've been obliterated and there's kind of no point in them continuing. But if they just leave, it kind of takes something away from the game. Yeah, one game that I wish I'd been able to play more is called Scribblenauts. I don't think a lot of people know about it, but it was on the Wii, and it was so fun because you could, like, you know, you have objectives, and you go around the map. It's kind of, like, cartoonish themed, like, in terms of the, like, drawings and graphics, which were actually really cool, and they did a good job with that. And you could really use your imagination any way you wanted to. So you could just, like, type in your little book or whatever it was, and you could type like flying evil psychotic barking gorilla and that thing would show up this flying gorilla puking everywhere and like killing people (laughs) that's funny yeah you could pretty much make whatever you wanted to and you like go around you know you have to like try to help people fix their problems but usually i make them (laughs) 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 work because i felt like it you know and then, well, I mean, there are only so many problems a flying, psychotic, barking gorilla can solve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gorilla, I'm sure, really helped their situation. But yeah, I wish I'd been able to play that more. But shortly after we got that game, we got an Xbox, and we like only played the Xbox for a year. And we tried to go back, and we're like, we want to play the Wii again, and it didn't work because we hadn't played it so long. Oh. <laughs> Just been sitting there collecting dust. It's really sad. Well, one RTS that both of, all three of us have experience with is Off World a Training Company. Oh. And <laughs> when I say experience, Spencer and Drew don't have very much because um, <laughs> it's more than enough. That this the learning curve, which I don't think is very bad, but they think it's bad. So when we played, I um, 
yeah, maybe I'm just not good at explaining things to people. But um, I, I think they, they were not competitive be, games. It maybe doesn't have that much of a learning curve compared to other RTSs. Though I definitely do not play RTSs except when I'm playing games with Charles. So I have to, I have to get to that mindset of you are not like not necessarily. Not necessarily like laser, laser focused, where I'm not allowed to not think about the game, but I can't just like go and think about something else for a second, you know? Yeah, you can't like check your phone or anything. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and that's that's not normally how I that's not normally how I'm playing games. So it it's it's the learning curve to RTS is that is steep, not necessarily the learning curve to uh, off road trading company in particular. Yeah, I will stand that game to my grave. I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And I wish more people played it because it's awesome. But Drew and I played a game recently where he got into a lot of debt because I was holding up the price of electricity and making millions and millions of dollars while he was drowning in debt and his stock price plummeted to $1. And every day the debt interest would get bigger and bigger. So there was no way, he was just debt spiraling forever and ever. Like he was never going to escape it. So that's for fun to help him make some money. I, I stockpiled a bunch of aluminum and sold all of it. And I said, Drew, put your entire life savings in aluminum. And I made him a ton of money. And then, well, it didn't matter because he couldn't do anything about it. But what I love about Off-World Training Company is how you can manipulate the market and other players by just anticipating things and, I don't know, just thinking ahead. It's like chess, but more fun and doesn't have turns. But basically the premise is that you're on Mars and you control a corporation and your objective is to buy out all the other companies by collecting and selling resources. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And you could play against like just one, you know, another player like we did. Although I think we did, we had two other AIs involved, right? I think at some point, yeah, you can play against bots too. And the bots are actually good. It's not like in other games where they're like, like really bad. Yeah. <laughs> like in civilization, the AIs are really stupid. Like in off world, <laughs> they're, they're still kind of stupid. Like they're not like, they don't optimize as well as humans do, but they react really quickly to things. So it makes up for it. That is kind of that, uh, the weird ways that bots can be better, but in ways that humans will never be. Like how in uh, Call of Duty, for instance, it's like the bots may be absolute positioning, but then the second you round the corner, they're like 360 and one shot you with <laughs> yeah. their sniper. Like it's just those, those kinds of abilities that it's very easy to make a bot do because just aim at head and click is a very valid strategy for a robot. <laughs> um, Similarly, like the, the reaction times with Off-World Trading Company, and uh, as somebody who, as somebody who's majoring in computer science, that thinking about the kinds of uh, how something can be difficult in different ways than people can be difficult to play against is a is an interesting, an interesting idea. Yeah, that that, that is cool to think about because there are certain qualities that um, you know because people. You know, you can't just script a program in your mind, right? You, you have to think of everything on your own self. So like a really good player will have a very broad but not complete idea of what they should be doing in each scenario. And more times than not, a good player is going to make the right choice. 
but you can make a, a bot always make the right choice. But because of the programming, it can still be wrong. That makes sense. Like, yeah. they know I need to place this building here because it will make the most money. Like, I should put a chemical refinery because chemicals are selling for a lot of money, even though in the context of the game, maybe it would make more sense to maybe like get more iron to upgrade your base. That's a lot of that's because of um, the, in the end, unless a game is solved, like unless you can directly know exactly how the game's going to play out from a given point, um, you can only really base your decisions on like heuristics. You have to say, okay, well, you know, there's lots of buildings around, so electricity is probably going to, probably be more demand for that, probably want to make some power plants. Um, but if you're playing against a bot and you realize that every time they build the number of power plants that is equal to the number of buildings over 10, like you may not actually know that formula, but you start, you get a feel for how they play and there's only, it's very static. It's very, once you've built a counter strategy, it, they, you've beaten them every time. Yeah. One way the, the game kind of counteracts that is that they the maps are just they have so many maps and they can be randomized and like the starting prices stuff will be different so you know no two games are exact exactly alike which is really mm -hmm. well normally this is the point where we would have some sort of intermission or false advertisement but we don't have one for you today and that's my fault because i normally do that but uh i didn't feel like it yeah nice ones Felt, felt tired today, so um, a friend came and visited me from the D.C. area yesterday on short notice, so we went out and had a lot of fun, and I um, had to leave my car far away from my apartment because it would have been very irresponsible for me to drive in the state I was in, so I had to spend a long time running back there and getting it today, so I'm pretty tired. Poor Judy. At least the weather is okay today. Oh, it's beautiful. Good. Yeah, it was beautiful here too. Got to hang out with Bowman a little bit, play some volleyball and spike ball. Is there a spike ball video game? No, but there should be. It should be in like VR or something, so you can just still like throw yourself on the floor and hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> I, I love to dive. Do that volleyball too. But yeah. With respect to video games, back to video games, over the summer, because of COVID and how it worked out, we got to have Chudy with us for six weeks or so. And, you know, that, that was interesting the way things worked out. One of the good things about COVID, at least on our on our view. And so Charles came and, you know, we have the Xbox in our playroom and he brought his Nintendo Switch. So, you know, we played FIFA and old mainstays like that, but he also introduced us to... Uh, the game we were talking about earlier, Civilizations and uh, Super Mario Maker and maybe most of all Rocket League, played a lot of that. And, you know, right after we left, I ended up, you know, purchasing Rocket League for the Xbox. And, you know, it's such a fun game and I'll play with my friends. And, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of fun memories and crazy saves and crazy goals. Uh, a lot of, you know, going for boosts and then going high up in the air trying to get the ball first, so... But there were some insane players in that game, just like unreal. We usually are not playing like just in a casual match like we usually do. 
those players that can fly and, and carry the ball at the same time and then dunk it in your goal. Yeah. That's not us. <laughs> yeah, Drew's we are pretty good. I got Drew into Rocket League and now he's a lot better than me. Yeah. <laughs> carry the team. But we've had plenty of overtime thrillers. There was one game that we were winning five to one with like fifty seconds left and we blew the lead and it was a tie game. <laughs> And then we won in overtime. But that was a pretty spectacular collapse. No, I but, won it. But speaking of Mario Maker, I prepared a few uh, troll slash rage quit style levels for Drew and his brother Sam to play. And um, not to give myself too much credit, but they certainly serve their intended purpose. <laughs> and I uploaded um, one of them online and... I'm, I haven't checked in a long time, but it had not been cleared yet because it's one of those where it's like you try to jump across the gap, but you jump into a, an invisible item block and you just fall in the lava and die. <laughs> it's very frustrating. Or you'll go and like, oh, I need to get these three red keys so I can open a door. Let me go in this pipe that's right in front of me. And then the pipe just shoots you in the lava. And then right as you're going out into the lava, you see that the key is on top of the pipe. <laughs> so it's like next time you don't have to run all the way to the end of the pipe and grab, yeah. I think I had you a, said last we checked 10 people tried to clear that level and they had failed. Yeah, what's funny is that you can see where people die when you check those stats so you can, and all like the X's are at the very beginning of the level so they didn't get very far. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it's one of these level designers next. <laughs> yes, my favorite. Drew, uh, share what the names of those levels were. I'm sorry, one, and I'm sorry, two. And there's one more. I don't remember. I'm sorry, Didn't get that three. Far. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> I mean, I warned them in the title, right? <laughs> I'm literally apologizing. So, Spencer, there's one level I made, and it's literally designed to just waste your time. Basically, Wait. you spend around two and a half minutes just, like, you jump in a pipe and you spend two and a half minutes just going back and forth and back and forth in the pipe, just like, you know, swirling around in there. And then there's another part where you have, to, there's like a conveyor belt and it's like going against you and the blocks are low enough so you can't jump. And then I put a bunch of blocks like on the conveyor belt so you have to keep jumping over the blocks. So it take, but you can't jump high. So it's really slow. And then you get to a part where you just have to choose the right door. And if you don't, you die. Jesus Christ. So you have to do it all over again. And then right after you choose the right door, you have to do it again and choose the right door a second time. <laughs> and then the grand finale, you go into this room and the the exit is above it. And from there, you just kind of run and win at the flag. And when you jump, it's invisible item blocks. You have to just keep jumping and find all the gaps where there's not an invisible item block and get to the top. And it's designed to where if you do it, you will have around 20 seconds remaining once you win. So you can actually run out of time pretty easily. Then you have oh, to oh, God. Yeah, I ran into that problem a couple of times. <laughs> I did complete all three of the levels. I was very proud of myself for that because you really hyped it up, Judy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you completed them? Yes. You, you allowed him to waste your time like that. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I can't say the same for my brother, though. <laughs> we had a lot of time on our hands over the summer. Yeah. So you got you guys would definitely know me for this, but I love to do like AI simulations and sports games and run tournaments. So we went into NCAA 14 on Drew's old Xbox and we created rosters for the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. And we simulated an AI only tournament. And that ended up being very entertaining. Judy, give the audience an example of some of the names and various teams. Oh, we had some good ones. Um, I'm sorry for. No, not I'm sorry for. It have been good. Well, Sam's favorite team, New Mexico, they had a tiny running back. He was like five foot five, 160 pounds, named Johnson. Jeff Butter. And then there was a seven foot 280 quarterback named Rock Johnson. Rock Johnson. And then there was a quarterback on Nevada that you named. Something having to do with wetting your pants or whatever. <laughs> I, I uh, it was, uh, Soil trousers, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you come a long way since Toot and yeah, we had Jerwin Fontana, the quarterback. Yeah. Senior Childs, Von Tron. <laughs> yeah. Just just like dumb like region names you would find when you've simulated fifty years in the future in matted franchise yeah. mode. Dookie Williams. Oh yeah. And then there was his well, that we had the Dookie brothers. So one played for Utah, named Big Dookie, <laughs> and then there was Little Dookie. He played for another team. So yeah. our childish humor rearing its head. Uh-huh. And then you guys know all about my exploits in Pro Cycling Manager. It's like once every two months, I get a text like, "Hey, you got to join this league I'm doing." Yeah. So we're in the midst of a competition right now. We have ten players in it, and Basically, Pro Cycling Manager simulates professional cycling. So you, the riders will, you know, you see them all do the little races and stuff. So I got 10 people to create their own roster of eight riders to race as a team with the point of scoring the most points across all the races. So we're about a third of the way through the season. And <laughs> my team is in first. Uh, but I did not participate in the first season, but I felt like kicking some butt. So that's why I put in the team. Drew's team is in a respectable eighth out of 10th place. Oh, no. And Spencer's team is in an even more respectable 10th out of 10th place. <laughs> oh, no. I made graphs. I looked at, like, what stats seemed to be correlated with uh, with, with being in first place. I, I, made, I varied my team this time. I, I I did everything apparently very wrong though. I, I think I, Spencer spent more time making his roster than anybody else, and he has the worst team right now. Where's <laughs> your dad? Dad fall in the standings. Uh, my dad's team, he's in sixth place right now. So his team had a terrible start to the season. They were in like almost last, and then the last two races, the Tour of Flanders and Prairie Bay, they've gotten some good results. And he won Gent Wavel again, so he's on the the winner's tally. On the rise. But my star rider has dominated the field, and he's why I'm in first place right now. Oh. Yeah. Wish you had him on your team, huh? Yeah. There's a lot of things. 
Well, I'm gonna I turn wish it I over. didn't have my team yeah. on my team. <laughs> a pity. I think you, you, writer Bliat Gorosvitzer is one of the only writers who has not yet scored any points. <laughs> Which is funny because I actually made a writer that was specifically uh, supposed to not make any, get any points, and of course that one has scored. Well, actually, Miles did that better than you did because he made a writer named Harold, and he has uh-huh. 50 everything. He just didn't give him any points. <laughs> so... <laughs> And since a lot of the races, you can only have seven out of eight riders, he hasn't actually raced yet because he's the worst. But he has to be in the Tour de France because there's eight riders. So I would be very surprised if he finished the race. Because um, So the viewers, imagine if you yourself hopped on a bike and rode in the Tour de France. And that would make you good enough to be on Miles' team. That is his worst rider. Harold. So Spencer, I know you don't like sports games because you don't really like sports. Mm-hmm. However, do you remember that one time we played Madden against Miles and Logan, who are avid sports gamers, and we, we won. won? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I was oh the quarterback, God. and I was like, Spencer, I'll take care of the throwing, and I'll take care of the defense. But when we run the ball, it's your time to shine. And he did his thing. He scored a couple touchdowns. I was really proud of him. (laughs) And on defense, I think I just told you to be a defensive lineman and to just not mess anything up. Like, don't change your player or anything. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you play Madden or NCAA football, you change your player on defense and it, like, he stops moving or he, like, falls down. (laughs) And then he gave up, like, a 90-yard touchdown. Especially, like, a cornerback or a safety. Oh, that's the worst. The worst is when he, like, changes to a safety when the ball is in the air, then he stops moving. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you just have to watch as the receiver catches it with nothing but green grass and opportunity. You actually got pretty confident about using safeties or quarterbacks and guarding people, but it took a long time to get to that point. Yeah, and then tackling is open field tackling is the worst because everyone tries to throw the hit stick, the truck people, yeah. and then they just. Mess. I'm really bad about that. I'm even worse than you are, guarantee. I just have this like impulse to throw the hit stick at everything because I'm one of those gamers where it's like I just want the spectacular. I don't care about the routine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care about if I win or lose. I just want to make it a funny story with how I got there. Yeah, I'm there for the entertainment value, not for the winning. It's the journey, not the destination. So I think, so Magic the Gathering, they classified gamers into three types. There's the spike, which so spikes are like the super competitive, like no matter what or how unfun it is, I have to win because winning is the only thing I find fun. And then there's the Temi, who's like, I want to do big things, big things fun. I like to blow stuff up and do cool stuff. So they're like doing trick plays and chucking Hail Marys and just doing throwing hit sticks and craziness on like, you know, Madden. And then there's the Johnny, which is like probably what I am, but they just, they want to win, but like in their own way, they don't like to conform to what other people are doing. (laughs) So they try to like, you know, they have a lot of, they're proud of their own creativity 
I'd like to believe I fall into the same thing, especially in like first person shooters. I love using those guns that like aren't necessarily the best, but really, really fun. Like when you went on that crossbow spree in Call of Duty. Oh God, the crossbow's so fun. It also, it was like actually competitive at one point because you could get like, you could dual wield like ballistic ballistic crossbows and like you could aim them for but each of the bullets was a one-shot kill. So you could just spam them. And I, close quarters, they shredded, honestly. And you and your, like, you would make, like, sniper shotguns and Black Ops, too. And Miles and I would get so mad because you were just <laughs> farming us for hours on it. Oh, my the God, KSG. That's right. The KSG! <laughs> oh, my God. Because, like, it was a fucking, it was a slug shot. It was a slug shot. That was a marksman rifle. And you could, it was like chest up was good. It was like a ballista, but faster, which, oh my God. I, 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 I'm not as good at perfect shooters as I was then. And I, wow. I'd forgotten about the KSG. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> good times. You also played a lot of zombies. Love me some zombies. Well, I guess, so, you know, people have their gamer aliases and personas. So let's go around the room and what is your, I guess people have different usernames for different games. What is your primary gamer tag? Mine is Sovac Soccer Guy. And where did that come from? That came from my uh, affinity for the nation of Slovakia, home to about five, six million people, Central Europe, beautiful place. And yeah, I love that place. Want to go visit someday. It was like, you know what? Rolling to soccer, rolling to Slovakia. And I'm a guy, so Slovakia, Slovak soccer guy. Uh, all caps on the, the, the starting letter of each. And no spaces. So yeah, hit me up if you want to play Rocket League or FIFA or something like that. There you have Slovak soccer guy. What's yours, Spencer? Uh, mine's actually uh, Funky Q Chicken. Um, it is the name of a pizza at a uh, chain pizza restaurant joint uh, called Mellow Mushroom. Um, I remember I'd realized that I had, like, I still had my, um, I had my old Xbox Live default username, you know, noun, adjective, or adjective, noun, number. Um, I think I was like Snarly Mosquito. Yes. Snarly Mosquito. So then I realized I still had like my past to change my username once for free. So, oh my God, I can have a not username. What am I going to do it? So of course I was like, I was, I, I was like, what am I going to, how many X's am I going to put in this thing? How many numbers? <laughs> like, am I going to put gamer in there or not? I don't X, just X, case. fire Lord underscore gamer X, X, X. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so of course, uh, th- then I was eating, um, we went to Mellow Mushroom and um, with with Charles and Miles. Um, and while we were there, I ordered pizza, funky chicken. It's like barbecue chicken with barbecue sauce. It was it was, it was pizza slapped. Um, and I, anyways, I was like, ah, I'll try funky chicken. It's like it's it's unique enough to probably not be used very much. Um, and it it rolled off the tongue. I had good memories attached to it, uh, so I used that. Luckily, it has not been used on like any platform, so I've gotten lucky with that. Uh, kind. Been been funky Q chicken ever since. Yeah, I love that barbecue chicken pizza. My username is actually one of a kind because 
when if you Google my username, you just see all my gamer stuff on it. Yeah, it's not it's, very long. It's Chazel, C-H-A-H-Z-E-L. It's, if you know of Razel, the beatbox slash rapper, just replace the R with a C-H. And it kind of made sense for me because it's sort of like Charles Elmer, but like abbreviated. Yeah. So Chazel. Oh. Yeah. I never made that connection. <laughs> I don't think anyone else has either. I have. And it's weird because like everyone who tries to pronounce it says it incorrectly. I've heard like Chazel and Causal and oh. all kinds of weird stuff. But, you know, just say how it looks. But yeah, it's, I've like Googled it just to see if it, you know, somehow has any other meaning that string of characters and just like my gamer stuff. Yeah. It's my shorter handle also in my Instagram now. Yeah. Well, we're on the top of gamer tags. Have you guys encountered anybody else, you know, other gamers who have very interesting, memorable gamer tags? Well, obviously the ones in rocket league are the best. Absolutely. Sticky Nicky. (laughs) Hoops McGee. Hoops McGee. Bunk Chunk. Oh, and our, our big, yeah, ben, Big Peen Dean was our favorite teammate for a while there. We played with, <laughs> we just came across Big Peen Dean and we partied up with him thing. and he was pretty good. We made a good team. <laughs> that was a really fun night. I'll yeah. never forget Big Peen Dean. We were laughing so much. And of course, Sticky Nicky. Yes. There's another one that you sent me, Drew. You texted me some other guy's name that was really funny. I forgot what it was. Yeah. You'll just see a funny Rocket League name and send it to me. <laughs> Probably look it up. But I just wonder when people make these really stupid names that just have a bunch of numbers in them, where it's like Josh 0617534407. Like, is that what you want people to know you by? <laughs> is that the imprint you want to leave on the internet? That's like gamer. Just a bunch of numbers. I definitely don't think it was helped by the fact that all those early like auto, oh, we'll give you a username in, in case we're like suggesting ones with numbers in them. So then it became normalized really fast. But do people just not take the time to come up with a username? I or guess. it's when people are like demon slayer 475 like were there 474 other demon slayers that we should know about yeah honestly it seems like an oversaturated market at this point i don't know if we need another demon slayer and then there's the people who are like ttv slash their twitch okay i found some funny names from our text i got very lucky so we played this clan and they were all in the same clan all right, one of them's I be terrible underscore AF, then I be wealthy, and then I be broke. And then there's a guy on my team called a midget with no PP. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like I would tell Drew just like put in the chat stuff like PP small and like <laughs> you trash. Appropriate. Or like playing, I'll play for the other team. I'll I'll be playing for the orange team. I'll be like, go blue team, and I'll like start scoring goals for the other team. They'll get so mad. Drew will just be like typing stuff in the chat and laughing really hard. <laughs> yeah. And since we're on different platforms, I can't see what he's playing in the chat, so I just assume it's funny <laughs> with a mix of bathroom humor and just roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Great times in Rocket League. And there are also other modes in Rocket League. Like, we did the one where the ball is insanely fast and it's just, like, bouncing around the two goals. Yes, the Heat Seekers. Yeah. So, basically, every time you hit the ball, it goes faster. And when you hit the ball, the goals are basically magnets. So, that ball, like, goes right towards the goal, even if you hit it, like, behind you. It never misses. Oh, it does miss if you hit it too far wide. And then it'll bounce off the wall and then score on yourself and you get an own goal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unlimited boost. If you're bad at goalie, you should not play that game mode. Because it's literally just who's the better goalie? Because you never drive outside of your box for any reason. You tried to. You tried to. (laughs) I did. That didn't work. I paid a steep price for that. You paid the ultimate price. Yes, a humiliating defeat in Heat Seekers. We had a lot of fun playing the basketball edition as well. Like it's a small version of a basketball court. Oh yeah, I really like the hoops. Yeah. Like, wow. Did either of you actually score? Yeah, we got decent at it. Drew's Wow. Yep, he's oh, better yeah. than me. Drew's he's better, Drew's he's better at flying than me, but I had a mm-hmm. couple good ones. Yeah. We had some nice saves too. Yeah, like flying up through the bottom of the hoop. Yeah. Yeah, that is impressive. Because, like, the ball doesn't go, it's like, it's, it'll bounce off, but, like, for you, you can go through the area and, like, make saves and stuff. So it's not, like, this, like, existing structure you can't go through. Like, it's really cool. You have to play it, kind of understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, basically, if you, if you get it through, like, fully, you know, through the, the rim there, like, it's, it's a goal. It's in, just like in basketball. But if you hit it before it goes through, it, it won't be a goal. So, Yeah. Well, speaking of Rocket League, we are all in the same clan called the Birmingham Legion. So if Legion FC wants to have a Rocket League clan, they have to go through us. Yes. We'll be charging a steep price. <laughs> yes. And we have the BHM tag as well. So that's on them if they want their own clan. And sometimes we'll like get some random country's flag like Curacao and uh, be the Curacao National Rocket League team. Yeah, like every time we play, we choose a different country. I've been the Tajikistan National Team and Mozambique, Nepal, some random or Pacific Island nation that's sinking into the ocean as we speak. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which wait which country is the one that's just a coral reef is it Nauru? i think it's Nauru. and it's or like Kiribati. going underwater wow that's a thing there's yeah. also the one south of india where where the president signed the treaty underwater back earlier in the 2000s like to call attention to climate change and you know rising sea levels that's pretty cool Oh, are they islands that have been made because of reefs? I'm going to look it up. Because I do know those are supposed to, those are really flat. I guess it makes sense that they would be the, the sinking ones. It's yeah, Some of those tiny islands are in, uh, so FIFA, the soccer federation for... The Maldives. The Maldives, yeah. Well, some of these tiny islands are not part of FIFA, because they're just like there's not enough people and money to like have a national soccer team, so they're members of CONIFA, mm. and CONIFA is a loose organization for 
countries that aren't actual countries and they have their own world cup. So like the Basque country is a member and um, Northern Cyprus, Abkhazia, like all, cause like the country of Georgia is really messed up. So there's like four different like autonomous regions that are all CONIFA members. Yeah. There's Cascadia, which is like the Northwestern United States and British Columbia as like a cultural sport region. It's pretty cool. Like now that I know about the CONIFA World Cup, I want to like go and watch it. Me too. I think there's one for the Sami people of Finland and Norway and Sweden. Like in the northern part, there's this ethnic group called the Sami that kind of live off the land and the caribou and stuff. I think they have their own team. They produced a lot of good athletes, like especially, you know, in like cross country skiing. Nordic skiing. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. What a cool sport that is. Although they've had a lot of doping problems recently. Oh, no. <laughs> there was a blood doping scandal, <laughs> I think in 2019, called Operation Adderlass, which in German literally means bloodletting. Oh, God. Uh, there was a guy, one of the best skiers in the world, uh, he was caught in the middle of a blood transfusion in a hotel room by anti-doping police. And that set off a firestorm that took down a bunch of skiers and a bunch of cyclists. Including the beloved Lance Armstrong. Well, Lance Armstrong is before that. Oh, okay. We need to have a whole episode about doping and cycling. I could probably teach a like college class about <laughs> doping because do I know so much about the history of it. It's fascinating. Yeah. I love the stories that people tell about the extremes that they go to and like people getting caught, yeah. all kinds of weird stuff. It's fascinating. I wish someone would do like a like a Netflix mini series about all this stuff. I think a lot of people will watch that. I would watch it. I should produce it. Put me yeah. on there. So knowledgeable about the subject. There was one story. So Tyler Hamilton, an American writer, he used to be a teammate for Lance Armstrong. And when he left Armstrong's team, he went to other teams and he was really successful, an Olympic gold medalist in Athens for the time trial. He was caught blood doping because they found blood in his body that wasn't his blood. So someone put the wrong blood back into him. And he tried to justify oh it by saying that it was the blood of his like dead twin brother that wasn't born, but it got into his body. <laughs> what? Really strange. Um, but yeah, that didn't fly. So he got busted and it basically ended his career. And now he's like a, you know, writing everybody out. And then Floyd Landis. So Floyd Landis is most famous for winning the Tour de France in 2006 and then getting busted for testosterone right after the fact. And then he asked Lance Armstrong for a spot on his team when Armstrong came out of retirement and Armstrong said no. So Floyd Landis just snitched on everybody and he's the sole reason why Armstrong got caught. <laughs> that's a definition of a uh, paddle tail yeah because there's people may know of this it's a Spanish word it's called omerta and it's kind of it's a sworn silence like no matter what happens you don't tell anyone anything I guess a lot of Americans are familiar with that word because of gang culture like snitches get stitches yeah. omerta we don't you know you don't rat anybody out but that was especially true for cycling and doping. And 
Yeah. You want to, if you try to say anything or talk to a journalist, you are basically ostracized by the Peloton. There's stories about that. We don't have to go there right now. Definitely another episode. I'd be down for that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, we've been going on and on about video games. I think we've had a good talk today. Thank you, Spencer, for joining us. It seems like a good time to wrap up. I think one more quick thing we could talk about for a couple minutes is like our hopes and dreams. I wish I could do blank, you know, in this video game. Like Minecraft should have a giant spaceship or whatever. You guys have any wishes? Going to other planets in Minecraft would be really cool. That would be. I... My hopes and dreams, so I've played some mod packs in Minecraft now, and they were all really fun, but the problem with them is that they're not balanced, because no mod is made with other mods in mind, or even if they are, they're not made with all the mods in a mod pack in mind. So what I really want to see is the game that Minecraft eventually influences, that supersedes it, such that has all of these features designed in it from the ground up. Um, I think I really enjoy Minecraft. It's part of my childhood, though I think that, and I still play it, but I think that it's um, design decisions aren't always, they, they like to add on like new side content that you can go the entire game without even uh, investigating. Like bees, for instance, that was the most, that was like yeah, the main that, that actually was the first bees. thing I thought of too. It's like bees, they're cool. Like. I don't think bees take away from the game at all. And if it was just like a button, do I include bees or something else? It's like, yeah, of course, bees. Like, or include the bees or not, not at all. It's like, yeah, bees. Okay, cool. But if that time had instead gone into like developing some other feature that was more core, um, I, I think that that would be a lot more fun. I think that that would be add to a lot more players' experiences as opposed to just sort of padding out the middle game, which I think, the developers are doing a lot or what Mojang is doing a lot with it. Um, yeah. So I, I want to see what comes next after Minecraft. That's a yeah. good answer. Yeah. Yeah. I was concerned about Minecraft. Like after Microsoft took over, I thought they were kind of, you know, really make it into this other game that most people wouldn't like, but like so far, you know, they've added some stuff and like, it's not really a big deal. Like, you know, fish and like this, cool underwater like world basically um and yeah i don't mind the way they've gone with it oh yeah looking forward to the caves and cliffs update though that's my hype it's gotten a lot of attention on the internet oh yeah my number one hope and dream for video games is a sequel to spore (laughs) oh wow because i love spore Uh, Basically, the premise of Spore is that you start out as a single cell and you eventually evolve into a creature and then you play around as a creature and then your brain gets big enough to where you can form a tribe with creatures of your species and then once your tribe becomes advanced enough, you can become a civilization and then you fight with other civilizations of your species. And then once you've emerged as the king of your planet, then you go to the space age and interact with other species and try to get to the center of the galaxy and trade spice and fight the rocks and all that fun stuff. <laughs> it's That's an iconic awesome. game. Although the criticism, one, it's not very hard. The difficulty is pretty low, especially <laughs> yeah. once you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And people say like, 
because this game back in the day before it came out, it had insane hype as you know, people thought this could be a, a real groundbreaking game. You know, the premise of sort of evolving through different stages of the game and then culminating in this grand space age, this battle for galactic supremacy. And it did not live up to that kind of hype, even if the game was still very enjoyable. So I would like to see a new spore that, you know, builds upon and tries to be what the first one tried to be. I would, I would buy that game. I would definitely buy that game. I would not pre-order it, though. I'll say that. Yeah, never pre-order <laughs> anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think people people keep learning the hard way. Like when they all pre-ordered like Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. And then the game still doesn't even work. Oh, my like, God. You, you don't get anything for pre-order. Like this is, you only pre-order it when there's limited physical copies, which is what you had to do back in like the 2003 GameStop era if you wanted Halo 2 before everyone else. But you can just download anything now. Like there's but no I reason. I want the cool in-game exclusive gun. Yeah, the one content item that they give you. Or like the deluxe editions that come like collectibles and things. Like, you know, but people still get suckered into it. Hashtag pro gamer. I pre-ordered this, paid more money than I would have if I just yeah bought a regular version. And then if the game sucks, oh well. I have a friend who pre-ordered FIFA a couple times, and then had a fallout FIFA. And now he doesn't play it at all. <laughs> he doesn't play it for a while. I pre-ordered Smash Bros, and I only play it when I have like four friends around. Yeah, which because of COVID is not very often. Yeah. So there's a lesson, kids and aspiring gamers. Never pre-order. All right, now that you've had some time to stew on that, now we'll do the official wrap-up. So thank you again, Spencer, for joining us. We'd love to have you on again sometime. You're a fun guest. Uh, One more thing. So... Um, we might edit this into the beginning of the show, but Drew and I were guests on the Gus and Rush show uh, a few days ago. We recorded an episode. It was tons and tons of fun, and we definitely want to collaborate with them again because they're really cool guys. We will drop the info to their show and socials and our description, and we are working on bringing them onto our show in the future. And that might happen when we do our first live episode which will be on April 29th for the NFL draft special. We'll be reacting to the entire first round. Doing a little mock draft of our own. Yeah, we'll have mock drafts. We'll have a mock draft contest. We're hoping to have the Gus and Rush show on as guests and maybe one more. So we will be streaming that on YouTube. More details to follow. So that's going to wrap it up for our talk on video games today. Thanks for tuning in to the Drew and Trudy show. Like, subscribe, follow, share with your friends. If you have any, you already know what to do. See you next time. Peace out.